Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. I'm excited right now. You excited, Sheldon? Lord. (laughs) Do you guys hear that noise? Not the buzzing sound this time. The rain. Do you hear the rain? Josh, look out that window over there. Starbucks, is it raining outside? Is it? Is it? It's it's sunny, so it's not actually raining. That you see, okay, so it's it's pretty clear right now. You're saying, hey, that's actually a miracle in its own right now. But do you hear the rain? Come on. Why don't you close your eyes for a moment and silence yourself and. Just listen with your spirit. Try to ignore that buzzing sound in the speaker. <laughs> See if you can hear the sound of rain. And, and I'm not talking about that it's raining physically outside. But can you hear the rain? Can you hear the sound of the outpouring from heaven right now? Can you see it? Can you see it? Open your spiritual eyes right now. Thank you, Lord. We sing that song, Waymaker, and it keeps repeating that, that phrase. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's moving. Amen? There's more going on in the spirit realm than you know, but tune in. Tune your spirit ears in. Tune your spiritual eyes in to see, to hear, to to perceive something going on in the spirit realm. Open heavens. Hallelujah. This morning, during our prayer time before church, I noticed that I was seeing the flicker of his glory. And be really easy to miss if you don't pay attention. As a matter of fact, I was missing it for a while during worship. And then the Holy Spirit reminded me that I saw the flickers of his glory. And he reminded me of the cloud the size of a man's hand. <laughs> I want to I wanna remind us of some things, and I want you to stay in that place in the spirit right now. But last week, I talked about some stuff, and I feel like there's just more for it. If you didn't hear it, 
we finally got a podcast up. We had some technical difficulties the last couple of weeks, and we we're trying to get them solved, but we have a podcast from last week. But in, in 1 Kings 18, whoa, man, I'm feeling something pretty powerful right now. More, Lord. I don't want to miss it. Uh, uh, More, Lord. <laughs> Once you guys receive that, put your hands in that receive mode right now and just, just say, More, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah, wow. Stay in that place, but try to dual, do a dual thing right now. Receive and listen and enter into the words, okay? Drunctional, yes. Elijah had, had by, by the power of God, by the prophetic word and power of God, he actually called into existence um, a drought across the entire region around Israel and went beyond that. And, and they had been in drought for three and a half years. And I mean, it was so bad that people were dying from starving to death. So it was like an extreme drought like we've never seen here in America. Um, <clears throat> but in, in 1 Kings 18.1, you are welcome to turn there if you want. I just don't know what my Bible reading is going to look like today. 1 Kings 18 and verse 1, it, it actually, whew, thank you, Lord. <laughs> God told Elijah, um, he said, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. Come on, three and a half years of drought that was, that was causing people to starve to death, and it was ruining everything, and, and three and a half years is a long time. I mean, if you remember back in 2020, COVID, when the government was telling you to stay in your house for like a few weeks, like that felt like forever. That is nothing compared to three and a half years of this kind of thing, right? But three and a half years of drought... And then Elijah the prophet gets this word from God, and God says, I'm going to send rain back to your land. And so Elijah got a word from God. He heard the word of God, and God put his word into Elijah's heart. And so Elijah had a knowing inside of himself of something that there's no possible way this could happen unless if God makes it happen. He had a knowing in his heart. The Lord released a word into him that became a personal revelation. And when it became a revelation where the Lord revealed to him something that God is about to do in the earth, Elijah knew in his heart, in his spirit, that something's about to change. Before anybody else had any evidence that change was coming. And so he knew in his heart. He had a knowing in his heart. And, and then it goes into the story where before anything like that happened, he went to Ahab. And, and we talked about this last week, but he decided he wanted to go ahead and fit into what God said about the rain. He's like, well, let me go ahead and take advantage of the moment here. And let me call fire down from heaven in front of all the false prophets who couldn't get fire come down from heaven. So we can prove to the nation who's been in rebellion, worshiping the wrong gods, okay? 
worshiping the wrong gods, doing it their way instead of his way. Let's prove to the world who our God really is. And in the proving, they proved not only that Yahweh is the only way, they proved that every other false god is false and not okay. Come on. And, and then the Lord brought a purging to the land because they had to, they had to cruci- not crucify, they had to sacrifice, they had to kill all the false prophets right there in front of everybody on Mount Carmel, okay? So that God used that moment to, to bring judgment to the nation, to bring order, to bring repentance and realignment to his ways and to shake out of his people false ways of living, okay? So it was a cleansing, and then after the cleansing happened, then, then in verse 41, it says, Elijah said to Ahab, who was the king, all right, it said, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. <laughs> and you can know that there is no cloud in the sky. As far as you could see from every direction, no cloud, and there hadn't been for three and a half years. There was no evidence of anything possible that's going to be like that. But Elijah, who had the word put in his heart, and he had a revelation from the Spirit of God that showed him something that God was about to do, he was already setting the stage in the spirit realm for something you could not see in the natural realm. But now he says, I can hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Come on. And I want to tell you guys, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I've been hearing it for a long time, but it's getting louder in my spirit. Come on. Something is about to break out that we've never seen before. I believe it with all my heart. I believe not only, I know that God has spoken these things. He, he, he did speak it in the Word because He says in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And you're going to see the mightiest move of God you've ever seen. And the Gospel is going to go, not just the Gospel of salvation, but the entirety of His kingdom. The Gospel of the kingdom is going to go to the ends of the earth and nations will be discipled. And the church is going to become the most glorious thing this world's ever seen. The church is going to be equal, equal in glory to Jesus Christ himself. The church is the bride, and Jesus said that you should not marry somebody who's unequally yoked with you. So he's actually planning on these, these days that we're moving into, we're going to be seeing the church become more beautiful and glorious and spotless and wrinkle-free than we've ever seen in the history of mankind. We can look at the church and see how ugly things are and how disappointing things are and how corrupt people can be. That is not the church, by the way. That's just people given a false representation of the real thing. Okay? But things are going to get better and better and better in the kingdom of God than you've ever seen, you could ever imagine. It's going to get better and more powerful and more glorious. Can you hear the rain? It's raining. You might not see it yet with your natural eyes, 
But Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Your natural ears might, might hear something in the natural, but he wants your spirit ears to get in tune with what he's doing in the spirit because something's different there than it looks like here, and he's about to shift things. Things are going to look a lot different. Come on. But how many of you guys know that when Elijah heard the sound of rain, the rain didn't come just by him hearing the sound? He didn't, he, he didn't have a word and then hear it and then just was passive and nothing, and, and then the whole thing just happened because he heard it. He had to put himself into this to make it happen. And the story goes on, and it says he went up back onto the top of Mount Carmel, right where he had just called the fire down from heaven and, and proved who Yahweh is. <clears throat> Come on. Massive breakthrough. Massive breakthrough. And he knew that he needed to see another massive breakthrough. So where did he go but to the place that would remind him of what God had already done? So he could have the memories, so he could have the testimonies of the greatness of God and review it within the Spirit and then pray from the place of where breakthrough has already happened. I'm going to tap into the Spirit of the, of the open heavens that God already poured out, the 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 well that was already dug in the spirit i'm going to go there and i'm going to keep digging from that well and keep releasing from the supernatural place where god has already shown up <clears throat> god doesn't want us to forget the works that he's already done those those works that he's already done are prophecies of the more to come Hallelujah. And so Elijah went and he tapped his spirit into the portal, the, 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 the open heaven portal that came through the breakthrough of what God already did so he could tap in and release the more. And then he goes into prayer. And it says that he bent down in a, in a bowing posture, but he went so low that he tucked his head between his knees. <clears throat> tucked his head between his knees, and he started interceding. He didn't just pray a, Lord, please do it, prayer. Or a, okay, God, if it's your will, prayer. Or a, let me pray for a moment and then go about my day kind of a prayer. It was a, I'm in this to win this thing, and I'm going to see this thing through. I'm going to pray until I see the breakthrough happen. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to believe this thing's coming because God already spoke it to me. He already revealed it to me, and I can hear the sound of it in my spirit, and I'm going to pray accordingly from a place of breakthrough and faith and persistence. Hallelujah. <laughs> that's good. So he went into intercession, and, <clears throat> and the position that he was in was a, was a position similar to a birthing position. This might, this might sound weird to you guys, but it doesn't matter because we're talking about things of the Spirit, not the things of humanity, all right? It's a birthing position, and he went into the 
earthing position and started praying and interceding and fervently praying, passionately praying, faith-filled prayers, not begging prayers, not, I don't know if this is your will, but I'm going to try to pray and see if I can convince you to do this thing I was hoping you would do kind of prayers. No, birthing kind of prayers. The ones that say, I know this baby's coming and it's my job to get it out. That's not a begging or an orphan spirit, like a lock posture. It's a, I've got a responsibility to see this thing through posture. That's a posture that, that knows that its, that its existence is more real in the heavenly places than in this earth right here. But it knows that I've got a responsibility in this earth right here, and the things that I have in heaven have got to get into this earth, and it's up to me partnering with God to see this thing through. So I'm going to pray until I get this thing through. You guys hearing me? If, if Elijah did not go into his time of intercession, they would have never seen that rain come in that time. God may have had to have raised up somebody else to do it. It wasn't going to happen. All right? So he had to pray that thing through. He needed that breakthrough so bad he was willing to do whatever it took to get it. He was willing to walk through pain and suffering and endurance to see God's promise come through to the land. I want to tell you guys something. There are so many promises that God has for us, stored up for us in heaven. How bad do you really want it? Like really, like we, we, we know we want these things, but do you want it enough to, to put yourself into it, to pray it through and to, and to posture yourself in a way that partners with heaven and, and endures through any resistance that would come against that thing trying to come into this earth? I can tell you this, this natural earth doesn't want that thing here. The natural realm that's under the lordship of Satan himself does not want heaven to break through. So there's naturally going to be resistance to anything God wants to break through. Do you want heaven to show up bad enough that you're willing to put yourself into seeing it through? What if it takes a little longer than five minutes? What if it takes diligent and seeking the Lord until you see that thing through? What, what, if, you, what if you are going to need to keep pushing like a woman in labor and you, you, wanted, a, you wanted a half hour labor and it turns into a 20 hour labor? Are you going to see this thing through? You women who have given birth, you know you don't have an option But in the spirit, with the things of heaven, you do have an option because you're the person who's going to decide, are you going to lay hold of this thing and bring it through? Are you going to hope that somebody else would do it so you can cakewalk your way into the party? If you cakewalk yourself into the party, you get to enjoy the goods of it, but you don't get the reward in heaven. Not the same reward that I'm talking about. I'm talking about reward in the sense of you, part, you partnered with something to give birth to that thing. 
The, the, the greater breakthrough that you experience, the more celebration you can put on that thing. Okay, but I just need you to know, like, the things that God wants to release in this earth, you might not be able to understand this in the natural, but that thing is so much greater than anything you're experiencing now before it comes, and is so much greater than how bad it might feel in the moments trying to push that thing through. When I say bad, it, that's just bad to your flesh, you know, the part that doesn't want to do the, the spiritual work. Is this making sense, or am I, like, off in another zone here? All right. So Elijah is praying these fervent, powerful prayers. He's, he's travailing. He's pushing in the Spirit. He's taking ownership. He has a word from God. He's got a revelation. He can hear the sound of the rain, but he also knows that that thing will not come unless he puts himself into it. And let me tell you that he believed in that word so grounded. He, he was so grounded in his belief in that word that he went and told Ahab, the king of the nation, it's about to rain. You better start getting ready for it. Like he declared something with no evidence that it was coming. He believed it that, that, that much. And he put action to it. He put his word to it. But he knew when he told Ahab it's about to rain, Elijah knew that this, this word that I just promised the king, it's not even going to happen if I don't see it through. Like when he told Ahab this is about to happen, he had already made a decision in his heart that he's going to see this thing through to the end. Like when he gave that prophetic word, it wasn't just an awesome word. It came with great responsibility that knew that he's going to have to go labor for this thing no matter how long it takes. Are you guys hearing me? <laughs> we want the big stuff, right? We want the powerful heaven on earth breakthroughs. We want the open heavens, and we want the miracles, and we want the salvations, and we want the revival, and we want to see the people come flooding in. But do we want the responsibility that comes before it to pray this thing in and give birth to it? I do. I've been doing it for at least six years now for this region. I'm not giving up yet. Not giving up yet, but I can hear the sound of the rain. Come on. I hear the sound of the rain. As a matter of fact, I don't just hear it. I smell that fresh smell of the spring rain. You smell that? Hmm. The spirit. Good things are happening. I can tell the atmosphere is shifting. Come on. The atmosphere is... Smell it? Whew. Love that. I've been cooped up in my house for months in the wintertime, and we need that smell. <laughs> While he's interceding, he, he, he prayed, knowing and believing change is coming. And he didn't just believe it in his heart. He said, he told his servant, I've been praying, and I think something's coming. Go look out now over the ocean and see, or the, the sea. What, do you see anything? And he came back, nope, sorry, I don't, I don't see any evidence of your prayer actually working. <laughs> he could have quit. I didn't get my answer. And, that, and a lot of people do quit maybe after one or two or three times of checking it to see if it is working or not. 
but he sent his servant again. Go check it again. And then he's still praying. He's still pushing. He's still contending. He's still grabbing a hold of the things in the spirit realm that he knows is there from heaven, bringing it into earth. I don't see it yet, but I'm still pulling this thing in. I'm still pulling this thing in. No matter what the circumstances around me tell me, I believe this thing's coming no matter what. Go, Go see if it's happened yet. Nope. Sorry, man. Back to, come on, Lord, we're doing this thing. We're pushing in. I'm believing this thing. I'm declaring it. I hear the rain. I hear the rain, Lord. Bring it in. Go check again. I think you're going to find results this time. Nope, I don't think you got the faith. Nope, I I don't think that you have the connection to God that you thought you did. No, I don't think you're hearing real true prophecy promises. (laughs) I don't think you got what it takes. I don't think you're holy enough. Let's laugh at all that. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. But that's what we want to believe when we don't see the results a lot of times. Or what we, maybe we do believe, but we're reporting it to other people, and they're giving us their idea of what what our problem is. Let's just laugh at the idea that Elijah even had a problem in the first place. (laughs) Had nothing to do with Elijah's skills or how, how holy he was. What did it have to do with? had to do with him believing what God has spoken and him seeing this thing all the way through to the end. So, keep sinning. But the, but the seventh time, that he's like, come on, I don't know how many more times I'm going to be sending you. Could be 50 more for all I know. But I'm staying this course. I'm not going to give up. I know this thing's coming. I can still hear the sound of the rain, and that's giving me everything I need. The Lord gave me a prophetic promise, and I've got revelation, and I can hear the sound of the rain of it right now in my spirit, and I'm not going to let go of what God told me in my spirit. I'm going to stay the course, and that gives me the energy to keep pushing when I'm not seeing things. And then i got to keep reminding myself, myself, where am I? I'm right here where the fire fell from heaven. I saw God come down and prove who He is to the entire world around me. I'm going to see this thing through. Again, this is not about an old covenant works mentality. We have a tendency to think that, that if I can just work harder, I can convince God. That's not what this is. We have to understand, this is not orphan spirit. This is not poverty mentality. This is not uh, lack mentality that thinks, well, I don't think that God really wants to give this to me. It's the opposite of that. It's the opposite. It's a, it's a knowing that God wants this and a knowing that I can partner with God and see this thing through. It might be a reality check that the resistance of the world around me really doesn't want this thing, which should make it all the more important to me to see this thing through. 
But, but Elijah had to continue renewing himself, even as he's pushing, continue renewing himself in the promise. God said this is coming. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep sending my guy to check it out. Hasn't happened yet, but I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep believing. I know it's coming. It's already happened in the spirit realm. I need to see it given birth into the natural realm. In the seventh time, the servant came back, and he said, well... The sky still is pretty, pretty clear all around, but I, I did see this little thing over there, this little thing on the horizon. Probably doesn't mean much, but I saw a cloud. It was, it was about the size of a man's hand out there, way out there. Probably, probably is nothing, but I thought I'd at least let you know. Saw a little something. what did Elijah do? He's like, ah, yeah, well, that's not really the rainstorm I've been praying for. That's not really the thing I've been praying for. (laughs) I'm believing for this massive, humongous outpouring, but the sky's still clear and, and absolutely no rain, not even a trickle. The signs everywhere looks like this, like my prayer's not working, just that little blip over there on the radar. Hmm. Is that, is that what Elijah did? No. Elijah saw the breakthrough. There was nothing before. Who knows what, how, how far it spanned past the horizon and the curvature of the earth. Who knows how far the drought and the open sky was. No clue. It was, it was massive. I know that. It was way bigger than, than what he could see, the drought. But all of a sudden, and, and also here's another question that I never thought of till right now. When did that cloud drop to the sky? It may have dropped the first moment that he put his face in his knees. You just couldn't see it because it's on the other side of the horizon. What if the first moment that he went to faith, God put that cloud there. It just was out of sight yet. You don't know. You don't know. But what we do know is his persistence kept that thing coming forward. And when he saw the size of a hand on the horizon, which is really small, he knew his breakthrough came. He knew that the answer came. He knew it so clearly that he actually stopped interceding because he knew it had already been done. Done deal. He He had a release in his spirit that knew this thing came, and now he can shift what his response and his responsibility is in the moment. He shifted away from intercession into action and preparation for what's coming. Because he, he went back to, Eli, or to Ahab, and he said, it's coming. We're about to get torrents now. You better get ready because it's coming. <clears throat> Verse 44, it says, then it came to pass, the seventh time, that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. The thing that's crazy is he had Ahab's attention 
Ahab could have looked at the sky and been like, you're an idiot. Like probably everybody else would have thought. But he just saw the fire come down for this man. So he knew to listen to him. Amen? Verse 45, now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds. Whoa. So it was not like the instantaneous result that he was praying for. It started way over there. How many of you guys know it takes some time for that cloud to go from the horizon to you? How many of you know, though, that if you only see one cloud, it's going to not only take time for it to get to you, but it's going to take a little time for the sky to start filling up behind it with more cloud until it encompasses the entire sky and it was black clouds. It says the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was heavy rain. Hallelujah! There was heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. So that, that's just crazy. This would have never happened if Abraham... Sorry, I keep going back to Abraham for some reason. Don't know why, because he's the father of faith. <clears throat> but he... he this, there would have been drought had Elijah not heard the word of God. If he wouldn't have heard the word of God, nothing would have changed. It doesn't mean God wasn't speaking. It was his will. It was his will and he was speaking, but Elijah had to listen. He had to press in and hear the word of God. He had to let the word not just be noise, but to actually be imparted into his heart, into his spirit man. He had to take the word that God spoke and actually let it become his own promise. He had to take ownership. He had to allow the word to become a seed that gets planted and germinates and sprouts into revelation. And allow it to become his own promise to where he can say, I know God's going to make it rain. Come on. When he's looking at a three and a half year drought with no cloud in the sky, I know God's going to make it rain. Come on. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. And faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. God wants to stir up a faith in us that's beyond what's the normal Christianity is experiencing. Normal Christianity has us kind of plateaued right where things have been for however many years. But we're going beyond this. I hear the sound of rain. Do you? (laughs) Come on. I asked a question on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, because I just was curious what people had to say about it. And the, the question was something like this. Would you rather experience a revival that somebody else paid the price to see happen? Or would you rather be the one who brought the breakthrough of revival for people to experience? Think about your answer on that. Because I want to tell you that we we want, it's, it's a wise thing to receive what God's doing through other people out of honor. We want to honor what God's doing through other people and we can receive impartations and blessings from that. 
But if we stay only in the place where we're just trying to rely on other people's breakthroughs, then you're living on somebody else's history with God. But God actually has put you on this earth not just to, not just to clock in and out every day and go home and eat a supper and watch Jeopardy <laughs> and then do whatever else you do and go to bed and then wake up and it's the same thing, the rat race every day. He didn't, he didn't call you to this earth just for that. He also didn't put you on this earth just so you could become, so you could learn how to be a Christian in a hard place, okay? He has you here with high expectations that the kingdom of God is going to become manifested on this earth and that he has entrusted his kingdom to every one of his children with an expectancy that we're all going to partner with what he has already put in store in heaven for this earth, and that we are going to be the ones that say, yes, Lord, send me. Yes, Lord, I will partner with that thing and contend and, and see this thing through. What will this world look like if each Christian captures the, the understanding that there's there's, there's things in store for each person to give birth to in this, in this world that's from heaven and actually are willing to put themselves into it. Because <laughs> a lot of why we're missing things, there, there's a couple reasons that are coming to my mind right now. A lot of why we're not seeing the breakthroughs that we want to. One, ignorance. People don't know what's available. So it's ignorance. But the other one is um, passivity, a, a lack of willingness to put their skin in the game to see what God's doing coming to this earth, no matter the cost. Did you guys know, man, I'm saying so many things that's not in my notes. <laughs> Did you guys know that as, as Christians... You're born again, right? You've been born again. And so who are you born to? God. It's easy. You're born to God. So you're God's kids. You're, you're, you're children of Yahweh. That's amazing. And, and did you know that that's how God sees you? The more you can see yourself that way, the more you can function from that kind of a lifestyle. That's, a, that's an amazing thing. But I want to tell you that there's also another aspect of the Christian's life. And most people, I think, tend to uh, err like on one side or the other and, and don't have a good balance on this. You've got to have the sonship side of it really good in your heart for this other side to work right. But I need to ask you this, as, as Christians, do you guys know the, the way that, that, that God looks at you and knows that he paid a high price for you and that you are not yours, but you're his? That you are bought with a price 
think it's in 1 Corinthians, it talks about this. You are bought with a price, and the life that you live is not even yours. You, you're, you actually are his. We're supposed to know, we're supposed to understand that God has actually put us here, and we're his servants. Everybody say that, I'm his servant. I'm a servant. Now, God doesn't treat us like slaves, like, like evil masters with slaves, and that's what religion tries to make us believe. We have to understand that we are sons and daughters. And that doesn't go away. But if we don't understand, too, that Jesus paid a high price and God bought you with a price, if he didn't do that, you would still be in bondage and on your way to hell for eternity. He actually bought you with a price so that you could come into his kingdom and serve him. And we want to be sons and daughters and disciples. What makes us servants, it makes us students and servants to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. God actually has an assignment for you. He has callings for you. He has, he has things that He's stored up in heaven to release to this world through you. But He needs you to understand it so you're, you're not ignorant. And that's why we've been going after this stuff is to, is to know that God wants to peel the veil off of our eyes to show us things that are already accomplished in heaven, but it's, it's sitting there. I would say it's collecting dust, but there's no dust in heaven. All right? But it's sitting there inactive. It's like, it's like um, what do you, I'm trying to think of this term, this science term. It's, it's potential energy, okay? Which means it's energy that's stored but not being used. So God has created things in heaven but it's sitting there as potential. But how many of you guys know that potential is awesome, but it's only valuable when you actually tap the potential and actually turn it into kinetic energy where it's energy in motion? You can have batteries, and it's awesome that you got power, but if you don't hook it up to something, what use was it in the first place? And God has created all these things that he wants to release into this earth, but he's depending on you. Like, he's depending on me. He, 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 he gave us promises, but he also has this expectancy that we're going to do something with it. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's actually exciting. Like, God actually, he doesn't just depend on you. He trusts you. He actually has hung the, the destinies of the future on his trust in you to see that through. And if you don't do it, he'll find someone else. He's that good. I wouldn't want to miss out on it. But think of Elijah. Think of Elijah who, who knew the rain that was coming, it was a promise, it was already ready and in store, ready to release onto the earth, but it was not going to happen unless he put himself into it to release it. And it took persistence, it took diligence, it took um, stay in the course, longevity, long-suffering, patience. You guys hear me? Are, are you sure? God has huge things for you. Huge things 
in store for your life. I don't care how old you are, young, middle, or old. There's still plenty in heaven that he wants to release through you in this earth. Come on. There's so much he wants to do. But the, but the, the intercessions, the prayers, the, by the way, intercession is not, God never designed intercession to be a woman's ministry. People tend to think that's a, that's a woman's anointing. Nope. It's the anointing that he wants to put on anybody who's willing to contend to see heaven get released on this earth. Every revival that was burst out on this earth was preceded by intercessions, prayers. Come on, guys. Elijah gave birth to a breakthrough. You guys all right? Yep. I, I remember a few years ago, before we got in this building, we, we were going through some kind of, some in, in part, it was spiritual warfare, but just a lot of resistance and, excuse me, a lot of stuff that just made it really hard for us to get into this building. And we also had hardship that was going on on our, on our leadership team and just different people things going on as well. But we were in a really tough season. And we, Jessica and I moved here knowing from a word of God and a revelation that God wants to bring us here to see revival break out. <laughs> Those of you who have been with us for more than a few months know what I'm talking about because we I talked a lot about it in the fall. Okay. But God gave us encounter after encounter, prophecy after prophecy, all these things about God wants to do powerful, massive things right here. I still believe it. But, but it doesn't come just by having a word and then just twiddling your thumbs or, or just doing the basics. Okay? And it doesn't come just by declaring the word, which is powerful too, but if you're just declaring the word, that's not going to do it either. Like Elijah declared the word, but he had to get on his knees. How many of you guys know or would, would at least suspect that there has been countless hours and days of people, and I'll, I'll say primarily Jessica and me, but I think others too, and people on our team as well, on our knees with our and it's figuratively, figuratively, with our head between our knees, giving birth to things. And so in that season, um, when we were still trying to get breakthroughs to get into this building, I, I had a prophetic dream, and I saw me and a, and a woman who was an intercessor, and we were praying together, and the, and the Lord ha actually had me go into labor. <laughs> Guys, I know that's awkward. Stick with me here. This is in the spirit, all right? Going to labor, though, and to, and to travail, to intercede, to push things forth, but, but intercession prayers like, and, and finally, uh, the breakthrough came, and with the breakthrough came the manifestation of getting in this building, okay? And with it, following that, a mighty move of God that was regionally impacting, 
That was a prophetic dream, all right? Prophetic means promises, okay? And then about three weeks after I had that dream, I was at Revive the World one night for some revival prophecy thing they did that night. And I was getting ready to leave, and I, I felt like I needed to go back in real fast. It was after it was over. I was getting ready to leave, <clears throat> felt like I needed to go back in and tell somebody goodbye. And then Tony Costa came over there, and he laid his hands on me. And I got overwhelmed by the glory of God, fell on the ground. And then while I'm laying there just in the bliss of his presence, all of a sudden I just start feeling the, the, the power of God just coming on me. And I was laying on my back. And I started going, And I started like doing crunches, but, but this was like the spirit. If you've never had this happen, I know it's crazy. <laughs> but while I was doing that, this other girl who I didn't know, but I've, I'd seen her before, she came over and she started, she started praying over me. Ooh, ooh, and then she started like joining me with that. And in any normal circumstance, I would have thought she was a wacko. <laughs> but I was the wacko and she was joining me. So I had to be like, all right, God, I'm trusting you. And then she said, I'm a, I'm a spiritual midwife. <laughs> and she started, like, praying with me and started calling things forward. And, and while she's doing that, like, oh, it just started getting stronger. I'm thankful that half the people that were there were already gone by this time. It was, a, it was a powerful little semi-private thing that I was glad wasn't a spectacle. It was for a few. They were standing there laughing at me. But they were like throwing, they were like dousing me with the Holy Spirit while I was doing it. I'm like, dude, I don't want to be laying here doing this. You keep throwing it on me more. Stop it. I'm joking. So anyway, but that, but that happened. Like It was like two weeks after I had that dream that happened. Isn't that crazy? And I knew in the Spirit that God was having me intercede and bring things forth. And, and so it was like in that, I, it was like I could hear the sound of the rain. I, I knew that God was saying that this is, is part, <clears throat> in part, is what's bringing the breakthrough forth. And after that night, it's like I knew we're going to have this thing. Come on. And it was like three months later that we got in the building after some breakthroughs happened and, and some financial breakthroughs that happened with it, which is wild because there's mega finance stuff going on. God gave the breakthrough on all of it. It was powerful. Hallelujah. But I want you to know, like, the first part of that dream happened. Well, here we are, tangibly, we're in this building, praise God. But you got to understand there's the other part of that dream that I think we've seen the, we, I think we've maybe at times have seen the cloud the size of a hand, but not the full thing yet. Okay? But the, the second part of the promise in that dream was not only are we going to get the breakthrough for the building, but that, that actually is just kind of giving the breakthrough for the move of God to follow in. Okay? And God's been moving here. You need to know that. I think we've had the, the cloud the size of a hand here. He's here. Come on. But can you see it? Amen. There can be a tendency to look around the room and see the empty chairs. Especially from this dude right here. 
I know we have more people in our church than what you ever see on a Sunday. I know that. <laughs> and, I, and I also know, I also know that, uh, that what God wants to bring people in here for is not just to have a nice Sunday service, but so we can encounter God together corporately and press in together to greater dimensions. And when we're doing worship, we're not just singing songs, we're actually stirring the atmospheres, and we're bringing in heaven into this place. And we're, we're encountering God. There's more angels that come into this room than your eyes have any clue about. There, the, there's glory that's, that's, that's in here. And this morning when God let me see the flicker of glory, I was seeing like the vibrations of His glory in the place. And then I forgot about it. You know why? Because it's easy when the, the cloud the size of a man's hand on the horizon, you tend to look at everything else and say, well, I'm not seeing what I've been believing for and wanting. And you miss what he's actually doing. You miss what he's actually doing because you're looking at what he's not doing yet. But when you start focusing in, and you start laying hold of that thing and you start believing God is actually doing something, guess what? That thing starts coming in. And behind the, cl the cloud the size of a hand that's just on the horizon, you have no idea that on the other side of that is the biggest storm system that you have ever dreamed of. But you can't see it. But as I, was, as I was remembering that, it was probably in about the third song today during worship, I started remembering the Lord. The Lord's like, remember you saw the glory? It's like, oh, yeah. Because I, I was just kind of having just an average kind of a worship, worship experience, just being honest. I'm just being real with you. But when he reminded me, the glory. Oh, yeah. I, I've been under the weighty glory that you physically cannot stand in before, where you actually can almost see it and have seen it, actually. I've, I've had the most magnificent, glorious experiences that I've ever known at, at times. Electricity buzzing so powerfully out of my hands, radiating. I could literally feel the power of God. I don't mean today, all right? Shooting out like this far. I could feel it. I could feel it. I knew that if I would just go up to somebody that much, they're going to get whacked off of that thing. I've been there and I've done that, and that's not what was this morning. Whoa, thank you, Lord. The more. Thank you, Lord. Whew. Whoa. <laughs> I don't care about the clock right now, just so you know. Whew. Thank you, Lord. When I was feeling the flicker. And then he reminded me, because it's easy, when it's subtle, it's easy to miss it. Just like Elijah, when he was in the cave, and he went there looking for the, the fireworks and the, the earth shakes, and, and said God wasn't in them, but he showed up in the still small voice. He could have missed what God was doing. 
could have missed him if, because he's looking for the wrong thing in the wrong place. But when you can remember that God's there, even if it's just a tiny little thing, and you hone in, you start to be able to enter into what God actually is doing. And the more comes. And you know what was crazy is literally, that was like 20 seconds before Lauren started prophetically singing. That was not a written scripted song, guys. He started prophetically flowing and started talking about seeing the cloud coming, seeing the rain, and entering into it, and it's, it's increasing. I was having the, that encounter right as he started pray, or worshiping that song. That's crazy. And I, and because that was right when the Lord said, when he reminded me of seeing the flicker of his glory, he said, it's no different than the, the cloud the size of a man's hand. Because he reminded me of what I talked about last week. And then Lauren started singing that. That is, <laughs> if you don't see something crazy on that, then that is your, the size of the man's hand for you. Press into it. Because it's kind of a big deal. And as I'm up here talking about this, I'm feeling it increasing right now. <laughs> to, to, yesterday morning, I woke up from a dream. I'm not going to tell you all the details of it, but I want to say this because it, it's so important to you guys. <clears throat> this was the most amazing prophetic dream I've had in a, quite a long time. And, whoa, thank you, Lord. We, we've been, on Wednesday nights, we've been praying and interceding for the revival and, and just all the promises that God's given Overflow Church. And, and just we, we just kind of made this decision at the end of last year. It's like, if God gave us all these promises that I spent several weeks in the fall talking to you guys about, do we think that we should just hear the words of them and just say the words? Or should we get on our knees and give birth to these things? <clears throat> That's why, that is the reason why we've been doing this. It's the reason why I felt like I need to talk about this last Sunday, and I'm still on it today. <clears throat> the Wednesday nights that we've been doing, we, we put on hold for I don't know how long, um, or what we'd normally have been doing so we can pray and intercede and prophesy and declare and give birth and then to receive what God's doing in the Spirit so that we can birth this thing. Because that, that God wants to get us over the hump of what our average has been to great and mighty things. Come on. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to practice, bless you, watch out, it's going to happen. I'm trying to practice in my spirit, like remembering that God's promised me hundreds of people and trying to learn, learn to preach to hundreds of people when we have this amount in the room. That's why I was saying we, we can have a tendency of seeing the empty chairs when I'm actually, we have 120 seats in this room and that's prophetically for a reason because of the upper room, it's, plus it's all we can fit. I, but like somebody was going to tell me how many we could sit, sit in here and it's less than 120. And I'm like, we're going to find a way to get 120 seats in here. And listen, I want to see this room get filled on a regular basis 
not just so that we can put a number on a plaque or tell people how many people we have in our church. There was 120 people that gathered in the upper room so that they could get on their knees and give birth to a move of God that was going to change this world. And then the Pentecost outbroke, and it became the craziest thing ever. And they outgrew the room they were in because they were in the upper room. But when the outpouring came, I think 3,000 was added to their number. That's a birthing. I, I believe for greater than what we see right now. I, I'm listening with my spirit, and I'm hearing the sounds of things that we have no evidences for now. We have some evidence. I'm not saying that. But my point is that the, the greatness that God has is bigger than what we can see right now. And I, I want I want our church family to be laying hold of this one heart, one mind, one spirit, going after this together and interceding and putting our hand to this together so that we all corporately get to experience the rewards from heaven of being the ones that brought this thing into existence instead of waiting for somebody to bring it to them. We owe the world an encounter. We, I'm not saying that the church owes you an encounter. Jesus has already given you full access to your encounter. You owe the world the encounter. Together as a church, like God has mighty things for us. Hallelujah. Whew. This was not the, the sermon I had. But I'd rather be in the glory giving you something off my notes or front, away from my notes. <sighs> I love the glory of God. <laughs> I want more. More. Thank you, Lord. I, I forgot to tell you about that dream I had, though. That to, yesterday morning, I woke up from a dream, and I, I'm not going to say all, but the reason I went into all that is because in the dream, it was, it, was a, it was on a Wednesday night prayer night, and all of a sudden, all these random, these groups of people started coming in that were unchurched people. They were people who don't get the church culture. They, they don't know how to act in church. But they came hungry. And another group twice as big came in after them. I don't even know who's bringing them. But they came because they were hungry. And the, and the Lord told me that this was the result of the prayers and intercessions that we've been praying for all this time. And there's more to the dream that I'm not going to say right now. I'll just see if the Lord tells me to sometime. But I wanted you to hear that because I, I 100% believe that dream was prophetic. And I believe that we're on the verge of breakthrough if it's not happened yet. I believe that, that we're seeing the, the, the cloud the size of a man's hand, but you can't see with your eyes yet what's on the other side of the horizon coming up behind it. But I believe that we're coming into a shifting. And are you ready for the, for the things to come? Are you ready for the responsibility of it? Are you ready right now to help us pray this thing in and intercede? Because great things are coming. Hallelujah. 
James, I'm going to close with this verse, and then I need to see what Holy Spirit wants to do, because I don't want to, I don't want to just move on from that glory that's here. James 5.16 said, and I read this last week, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And that word effective, fervent prayer, that, that is a powerful it's not a passive prayer. It's a passionate prayer. It's a prayer that, that's energetic and, and lays hold of the promise until it's here. Kind of a prayer. Of a righteous, the, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And I want you to know if you've been, if you've been born again and you're living in a faith in Christ that he has actually given to you because of your faith, not because you deserved it. He's given you his righteousness. That's amazing. That is one of the most amazing gifts of the cross of Jesus Christ is that he imparted into you the very righteousness of God. Come on. And so if you're living that kind of a life that's receiving his righteousness and then... And then living out from that, God calls you righteous. And here's what I want to say. This is my closing thoughts to you. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Or is it, it's powerful and effective. That word avails, it comes from the same uh, root word as the word prevails, where Jesus said that, that I will build my church upon this rock and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Why would the gates of hell not prevail against the church? It's because the church prevails against the gates of hell. But it doesn't come easy. It comes with resistance. But when you pray this thing through, you will see the breakthrough. And in that James 5, 17 and after, it actually goes in and it compares this kind of faith with Elijah and the very story I just read to you or talked to you about. All right? It's, a, it's, it's saying that the same way that Elijah put his face between his knees and he interceded and he gave birth to the breakthrough that God promised him, that's the kind of prayer this is talking about. And it says that when you pray like that, because you're righteous, you have full access to the throne of God to receive everything he's promised in that place because he's given you righteousness that makes you worthy. So you can stand before his throne and you can go into birthing through travail and intercessions and, and release things into the world. And it's going to crush any gate of hell. <laughs> come on, come on. And so the, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective, all right? It's impossible, and I want you guys to hear this with all you've got right now. It is impossible for a righteous person to pray in faith and something not happen. It's impossible for a righteous person to pray in faith this, this type of prayer that's based on his promise, to pray in faith, it's impossible for you to pray in faith and not get a result. 
And if you don't see the result you're looking for, you've got to believe this. You're one prayer closer to the tipping point. Because <laughs> even when you don't see it, God is moving. Even when you don't feel it, God is moving. But when you pray in faith, you've got to believe it. Like, like I said, when, when Elijah hit his knees the first time, who knows if on the other side of the horizon, a cloud popped in the sky. You don't know. But, but I can tell you this, when you pray according to God's promise in faith, something's happening. Something in the Spirit. If you, it may be, maybe if this was the veil between the, the heavens and the natural realm, and there's those things that are in store here and we're praying it through, Maybe, like, we, we think, oh, that thing just needs to bust through right now instantly, one prayer, and bada-bing, or God's Word's not real, or I don't have the faith, whatever the problem is, we've put some excuse on why it didn't happen. What if, what if actually what's happening is every time you're praying, if you don't see the result yet, you just moved that thing one step closer to the veil, and then you give birth... It might, it might show up the size of a cloud, the size of a man's hand, but you give birth to it. 